Good morning everybody, Rian here, your Honest IT Advisor from IP Dimension. Welcome to episode 8 of the podcast. And with me today, I have Cornel van der Bestuizen, our Sales Director and Solutions Architect for IP Dimension. Welcome, Cornel. Thank you, Rian. Thank you for the opportunity. Great. It's good having you here. So, Cornel, amidst all the panic now in the market and, and social media going abuzz with the coronavirus, we've had many requests and concerns about virtualization and um a lot of our clients are sending their employees home to work from home and we thought it a good idea to do this podcast on virtualization. But there's a couple of things that, that comes to mind and I think that the, the regular user needs to know and, and needs to have some more information about. And the first thing is, what is virtualization? What is it about and why should companies look at it now? Oh, Rian, virtualization refers to the act of creating something virtual rather than actual version of something. This includes virtual computers, hardware, platforms, storage, computer network resources, etc. It's it's a broad topic. Uh, There's actually a few forms of virtualization and the first dating back to 1999. These forms are still extremely popular with the likes of VMware, Microsoft Hyper-V and KBM. But I'm sure we're not going to talk about the traditional way and where it comes from. Uh, we want to talk about cloud virtualization, especially Azure, Azure Cloud Virtualization Platform. Okay, wait. so you, you mentioned a lot of things now, and, and obviously the thing that we're going to focus on is cloud virtualization and specifically looking at Azure. So um, what, what is Azure and, and who has control over your data? Right, Rian. So... Azure is Microsoft's way of of virtualization in the cloud. There's different forms of virtualization in the cloud, and this can be AWS, uh, we've got Citrix, there's there's a lot. But a preferred way to do it for IP dimension uh, and the way that we like and been trained for is the Microsoft Azure way. So Microsoft Azure is a cloud computing service created by Microsoft for building, testing, deploying, and managing application and services through Microsoft managed data centers. Okay, what is a data center essentially? Um, we all, always hear about a data center, but is that like a physical location for cloud? Can we refer to that as, as a physical location? Rian, referring to a data center in Azure as cloud, <coughs> no, not really. A, a data center is a, is a physical location where all the servers are stacked. How these different data centers interact with each other and, and how everything fits together, this is what's referred to as cloud. So yes, it is a physical data center and it's stacked with tons and tons of servers and and racks and equipment. And there's about 50 different data centers for Azure. This is what's made them so versatile and and so large in the industry. So all these data centers can communicate directly with each other. And most recently from March last year, there's two additional data centers that what we call span up in in South Africa. And the one is in in Joburg and one is in Cape Town. And this this is referred to as the North and the West data centers. So how does that tie in with the Poppy Act then? Because Poppy says that you're not allowed to transfer data or clients' data cross-border. You need to keep that in-house. Does this cater then for Poppy? Most certainly, yes, it does. Uh, so before March last year, this was a big concern, especially for the customers that deals with banks and lots of customer data. So from March last year, with the data centers being housed in South Africa, this means your service can be hosted in a South African border environment. So yes, that definitely, definitely uh, addressed the concern for data outside of the country because all of a sudden it's within the country. And this all connects via virtual networks and your VNets, etc. Ah, great. So let's talk connectivity here. You mentioned the VNet. What is that? 
Right, so being a, it's a virtual network. It's just a, the short term of, of saying a virtual network. We could refer to it as a VNet. And all the cloud providers, everybody get, has its own uh, jargon they speak about when it comes to these type of names. So this is a technology that we use to put everything into place for a virtual network. It's the fundamental building blocks for your private network and Azure. And then VNet enables many types of Azure resources, such as your Azure Virtual Service, to securely communicate with each other in the internet and on-premise networks. So the VNet's pretty much the same as your traditional network. It just operates in its own data center and it brings additional benefits to Azure infrastructure such as, such as scalability, availability and isolation. Let's talk encryption. Um, how, how would you secure this VNet? Right, so the VNet itself is secure. The moment you spin up your tenant, this is just for your eyes. But the moment you want to tap into this VNet from your physical locations, uh, such as your offices in, in Cape Town, Joburg, as such, you need an IPsec tunnel that connects between your physical infrastructure and your virtual infrastructure. Wait, wait, wait there. Okay, so you mentioned IPsec. What is IPsec? Right, so IPsec, uh, it stands for, for, security, for Security Protocol, uh, Internet Security Protocol. This is a secure network protocol that authenticates and encrypts the packets of data that provide secure encryption communication between two computers over the internet protocol and network. So each packet that flows back and forth between locations is encrypted. So should somebody tap into this line and fetches the data, they can do nothing with it. Okay, so now we've got a data center, you know, cloud center, where we can virtualize our most essential service. Um, we've got a VNet that connects those servers to each other and essentially connects back to your head offices, wherever they might be. You've got security in place with an IPsec tunnel. Um, and, and now we need to look at our end users, our employees. So how would employees connect to the server once all this virtualization is now completed? It's in place, security is in, intact. How would you go about connecting employees to connect to these services? Right, Rian, there's, there's a few ways to accomplish this. So you can either VPN straight into the Azure data center or you can VPN into your head office with the traffic being routed to the Azure. I would highly suggest that you keep your traditional way of doing your VPN where the end user VPN into your firewall that's already configured where your policy is already in place and just route the specific traffic meant for Azure to the Azure network via this IPsec tunnel we just had a discussion about. You can do this the other way around by VPNing straight into to Azure, but all of a sudden you start managing two different VPN environments and it can get messy very quickly. And security is obviously an issue here. So keep this, the standard way of doing things and just route your traffic to Azure and that's it. Okay, so with a VPN, you've mentioned VPN now and we spoke about VNets, um, VPN being a virtual private network. Um, that kind of creates a tunnel, a secure tunnel for dedicated data transfer between your end user and your application, right? Correct, yes. Okay, excellent. So I read a, a couple of articles now, especially in the last couple of days, um, a lot of people have made a lot of suggestions on connecting employees to your most essential devices. And, and one of the suggestions was to use Azure Virtual Desktop um, as a connection method for employees. What is your take on this? Right, so Azure Virtual Desktop, um, also referred to as VDI, Virtual Desktop Infrastructure. This is a rapid growing technology. So traditional ways, you've got your, what we call TIN or Notebook, and you, you've got your app Office applications and your Windows application running onto this, and you connect to your server. Now, this is a piece of hardware that you need to carry around. So Virtual Desktop Infrastructure puts this 
desktop environment into a cloud environment. What this actually means is that you can use any device uh, that's connected to the internet and you can connect to your virtual desktop and you'll have the desktop experience although it sits in the cloud. As mentioned it's growing very fastly and uh, the cost to this traditionally was very high. You need to spin up a lot of services and the licensing was an absolute mess to understand. But now Azure just bring this to the table to us. Uh, the the bad, bad thing of this is you need at least a minimum of 100 users who want to go into this or at least 12,000 Rand a month to get into this technology space but then you can at least get 100 virtual desktops in a pooled environment. You get a pooled environment or a personal environment. But pool is mostly preferred. You don't get 100 users that work simultaneously from 8 to 5. It's it's always always a, uh, how can I say? Intermittent, right. Intermittent, yeah. yes. It's always an intermittent thing. So, yes, this is something, something that's taking the market by storm. And it works very well in an application where you need something like a Sage environment, a, a, a Bastel environment where you need a client slash server application where a VPN isn't always sufficient to con to open up a client on the desktop environment and one on the server environment. There's too, too much uh, fluctuations in data and you can you can drop data and corrupt data. So the VDI puts your, your virtual desktop right next to your Azure server with excellent communication between the two. Correct, yeah. I heard they said that one drawback is that um, video and voice doesn't come through, you know. So um, remember that you're working in a remote desktop environment and, and you're typically displaying a desktop screen back to your own device, such as a cell phone or a tablet, whichever device you may use. And um, voice specifically and, and audio isn't converted back. But in the greater scheme of things, I don't think that that's the, the major hassle here. We are at crisis stations at this stage. And I think um, the most essential thing is to have your employees be able to connect to your environment and, and be able to do their daily operations. Um, they could have Teams or Skype meetings, Zoom meetings um, via their cell phones. Um, the technology is available and the platform is there to be used. But your business is essential um, data stays within the virtual environment and your employees can use that. And a nice thing there as well is that the data stays secure. If you work from virtual to virtual in the same virtual environment, there's no transfer of data. You don't need to worry about notebooks at home being stolen or company data being lost. Um, the data stays in the cloud and it stays on a secure platform. Um, but given all this, so we've talking, uh, spoke about virtualization and, and licenses um, and you need to transfer your most essential services to the cloud. Um, but what happens after the fact? When the corona scare is over, uh, everybody returns to business as usual, what happens then? So if you've spent this money, is, is this a technology that remains in the cloud and that you keep going? Or can you cancel it at any stage and then move your stuff back to on-premise? Yes, Rian, you can at any time, at any stage, you can move your data back on-premise. It all depends on, on what your actual need and, and how much you want to pay for that. So there's no limitation if you go into the cloud, you're stuck in the cloud. You can always come back out of the cloud. So for the interim solution, if, if hardware is an issue, you need a server, you can't get it, yes, it's definitely something where you can just spin up temporarily. And, and no, it doesn't expire after, after a while. So there was actually a few ways of doing this, and uh, the traditional way was token-based. You buy a token, $100, $1,000, as soon as you consumed all of that, that dollars in, in compute power, what they call compute power, then it will actually stop and you need to buy a new token. But this caused havoc all over. Sunday evening, token runs out, now you need to start buying tokens, loaded tokens. Just a mess. So Microsoft have the options to pay with credit card, 
oder preferred wires via CSP partner. What is a CSP partner? Right, so a CSP partner is a cloud solutions, provi uh, solutions provider such as ourselves, I can mention. And you need to be registered with Microsoft, you need to be certified with specific competencies in cloud and also with different distributors within your local market. Pretty much what, what we do is we will build on the consumption, the compute power, as just mentioned before. We'll build it onto the customer on NFA and Microsoft builds it basically the first step to us. Okay, so um, let's talk about pricing a bit. I know that if you purchase online, there's, there's a price difference. Is this cheaper? Is it more expensive? To be honest, it's actually a little bit, uh, a little bit cheaper than, than the traditional way of buying it via Microsoft Portal directly. The, the best way to spec this is uh, work on the dollar cost. And the day that Microsoft builds you, this is where the ROE is being transferred to RAND and being built. So you'll always pay a little bit less than the actual dollar cost online. Well, anything paying less is good news, um, especially if you see the JSE market took a tumble again. Um, and, and we're watching the rate of exchange, RAND versus dollar, on a, a, I'd say, a minute basis at this stage. Um, it's extreme fluctuations and that causes havoc in the market. We've also seen that many of our suppliers are, are currently sending their employees home and it's becoming increasingly difficult to get hardware. That's correct. We've been seeing ETAs being pushed out by weeks to months now. Uh, back orders that was supposed to be two to four weeks is currently on six to eight weeks to, to unknown or to be announced. There's real uncertainty what's going on in the market. You, you expect a shipment that the distributor opens up the container and your stock's not there. You just don't know what's going on. So virtualization is the answer. That is essentially where we need to go to. That is. And uh, to be honest with you, Rian, you'll find that people take the step to go to virtualization and you're going to give them the opportunity to move back if they don't want to do their monthly consumption cost. And they're probably going to tell you, Leave it there. It's working. It's secure. It works. It's stable. It's always and on. It's always on. So come LOI water next virus. We're ready for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant. Brilliant. Okay. Well, so we've spoken a lot about technologies and, and I think it, it was a, a bit of a high level overview. Um, how can companies get hold of us and, and how can they specifically speak to you regarding virtualization and getting the infrastructure, let's call it Corona ready? Right, Rian, so the, the easiest way is you can phone us. Uh, our number is available on the website. I can tell you now it's 012-665-4123. That's Victoria-based. Or you can simply send an email to sales at ipdimension.net. Just highlight the subject as you tell me more. Then I'll be the guy that, that picks up that mail and I'll contact you and we can set up a, well, a remote session, a Zoom session. <laughs> we did not, doesn't need to be physical hand-on-hand -hand communications. Yeah. <laughs> Then we can set up a session like that, I can explain you more, and yeah, let's, let's see how we can help you. I'll just speak it out for you, give you the pricing, and yeah, let's see what happens. Excellent stuff. Gunnar, thank you so much for joining me today and for sharing this knowledge with us. I'm sure that there's a lot of value for companies in this, and it's great to know that they've got a local partner available to assist them in this regard. Great stuff, Rian. Thank you very much for having me today. Right. So thank you listeners for listening again. This was episode eight and you're welcome to send your comments and feedback to marketing at ipdimension.net. Uh, thanks for listening and I look forward to speak to you again.